0: We are going to ask our audience, whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, please leave us an honest review. That would be much appreciated. We're trying to grow the listener base and expose more people to this thing, and we would love your support. If you could tell friends and family, anybody that's yeah. interested in the sport.
1: But when you leave your review, just make sure that you're really clear around which one of us sounds more handsome.
0: Fair enough. But then we have to post pictures in case that's not me. No. Ways down. <laughs> <waist> down. <laughs> you are a confident man. Good for you, sir.
1: I'm 5'8. You're like 6'11. <laughs> I don't so, think I'm.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the MMA Geeks C Level Podcast. Nick Braccia, myself, Stan Drive, here to talk about last week's UFC 241, in which Daniel Cormier... Tried to defend his title against TP Miocic. Unfortunately, it did not go his way at the end. A great overall night, Nick. Fantastic event. What are your thoughts, bro?
1: My thoughts are I'm down five now after ruling this podcast as the king for month upon month. I was just Through, getting my feet. I'm not done. Through winter and spring, I did my thing. I crushed you. And I am in a slump. A slump. And I, what, I only lost by one this time, right? No, I think we disagreed on four, and you oh. lost three of them, I think. I lost one of them. Well,
0: The Giagos yeah. fight didn't go my way outside All of right. that. I kind of killed it, but um, man, it felt good, Nick. It was a good card. It was a goddamn good card, but it, but it felt, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Had I lost every other fight on this card to you, but if I got Paula Costa versus Yol Romero right, I would have been a happy man, and it worked out. Now, it was a close fight. Uh, a lot of people have it one way or the other. It seems
1: like... Yeah, seems I had like, it correct and you had it wrong.
0: Right, except for the professional judges all agreed with me. Oh, that, not, the, yeah, that's not... A, that's unanimously. Not. not only that, Ray Longo, John Anik, Dana White, everybody at that level agrees with me. It seems like a lot of fighters yeah. agree with you yeah. that Romero is the winner. It's fascinating how that works. I think a lot of it is because Paul Costa is kind of this young guy that came in out of nowhere... Um, there might be a little bit of like a, who the fuck is this kid? He's not necessarily giving off this, like, I want to be friends with everyone vibe, whereas Romero's just kind of loved by everyone, especially the fellow fighters. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. Don't get me wrong. Close fight. It's just weird that like everybody above the fighter level, the coaching, the the production, the, the owners of the UFC all seem to think that Paul Costa won the fight, but I thought Paul Costa controlled the... About three minutes, three and a half minutes of that second round, and then Yoel Romero kind of took over the last minute and a half. And often enough, I think the last thing that happens is what resonates in people's minds. I still think Costa, from what I remember, uh, he should get credit for those first uh, three three or four minutes of the fight, or of that second round. Thoughts?
1: Uh, I think we should take a look.
0: In this episode, we're going to do a quick segment where we rewatch just that second round. I think that second round is really what's in question, right?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. He
0: both agree that Paul Costa took that first round and his sheer aggression, those body kicks, those hooks that he landed on and Romero. Romero took that third round because Costa was exhausted by then. Romero saved up his energy to be able to get some output out in that third round. The second round is really what's in question. Uh, and so we're the, going to figure that out. Uh, really a, a really, a really good, good yeah,
1: football. great. Well, it was very, very decision heavy up until late in the prelim card. And then we got a, uh, you know, then we started to get uh, a couple, you know, a couple of finishes, some action fights in the main card, and those, as far as drama goes, you don't get much better than those top three fights.
0: I agree. Romero Costa was back and forth. Diaz Pettis uh, started off with Pettis doing his thing for three and a half minutes, and Diaz taking over from then all the way to the end. Here, what
1: did you think of that one? I thought it was awesome. I mean, it basically unfolded the way that I thought it would. I, I pre- predicted Nate would win every round, um, and he did. I thought that his pressure would be too much. He looked like he was in great shape. He kept moving. What I didn't expect was for him to bring um, a clinch game.
0: Well, to be honest, the Diaz brothers—they both have decent clinch games. Yeah, not as wrestlers. But against a guy like this, yeah, yeah. I
1: just hadn't, I, I, didn't expect him to be throwing so many awesome knees and uh, agreed. Those knees, just were nasty looked, him. just nasty. He almost had him finished. He just looked good everywhere. He just looked like a strong, well-rounded. I mean, obviously, we always, we will always know that the like the killer NCAA champion wrestler is always going to be a Diaz brother Achilles heel. Yeah, um, and there's kind of nothing you can do about that. But there's certainly, you know, am I going to pick Nate to beat? Khabib? You no, should. I you wouldn't. should for my sake. I wouldn't. You, you you should though. Like I I would be a performer oh, of that. Um, it's kinda I, like that time
0: you picked Holly Holm over Amanda Nunez. I think that'll be great. <laughs>
1: Sorry. I know. You're getting him just straight up abusive now.
0: And you have it all on tape.
1: It's no, it's not very nice.
0: I'm gonna see if I can cut this part out. I thought you were a
1: martial artist. I am a martial artiste. Yeah.
0: But I'm the type that like when I punch yeah. it, I gloat for like Yeah, two, you're like
1: the cobra you're minutes. like the Cobra guy.
0: Here's the thing. I I do think that Pettis was doing his thing in the first three minutes of that round, uh, much like I thought the second round for Romero costa Anthony Pettis employed that exact game plan that I talked about. uh, Who was it? Josh Thompson that had a lot of success. against Diaz. It was a lot of lateral movement. Uh, He would explode with those kicks. And and he was looking pretty good. He was landing those leg kicks. And then it seemed like as soon as Diaz decided that he himself is the NCAA wrestler that he's been complaining about his Mm -hmm. entire career, the tie just changed. Now, I will give credit to Anthony Pettis. I didn't think that Diaz would overwhelm him to that extent in the second round. I thought it would take for the third round for that to happen. And so Diaz was actually pretty close to finishing. I think some refs would have finished that fight when he was landing those knees. I agree. With Pettis literally turning away against that fence, against that cage, um, it looked like it was about to be done. But Pettis actually showed more heart than he showed in the last few fights, and uh, Duke Rufus, who I think is trying to rehabilitate his name a little bit, even in this loss where he looked tough, you know, made allusions to the fact that even though Pettis broke his foot, he didn't say anything to him about it because you know previously he had, he had said out loud that he broke his hand, hoping that Rufus would stop the fight against um,
1: Tony Ferguson. Tony
0: Ferguson, that's right. So yeah, uh, really a good performance for Nadia. I thought he looked a little bit weird in the first couple of rounds, technique wise. I thought he really came into his zone, started doing using his jab in that third round. And that's really where he just totally ran away from it outside of that one moment in the second where we thought it was close to being finished. A pretty clear cut decision here. I did think that Pettis probably deserved the first round. One of the judges uh, agrees there, I but did not. Uh, the other judges and yourself thought that Nate Diaz took it 30 27. So next up, he did. I think he made the perfect call out. I think he made his perfect UFC comeback. He chose Anthony Pettis. Right. And he's in a position now where he can choose these fights. Yes. And he made it very clear that he's not fighting. He's not about fighting these Kamaru Usman or these Colby Covingtons. He's not, not about fighting these wrestlers who are, quote-unquote, avoiding the fight. He's about defending his badass motherfucker title or something along those lines.
1: You know, DS speech. Well, the other thing that he said, and I can't remember, I don't know who we... It might have been on ESPN. You know, he was doing an interview. He did, he's a needle mover now. He brings money. It rains money. He, since those Conor, those Connor fights shifted, in, shifted him into a fight, from a fight fan's favorite, you know, cause the Stockton 209 shtick, um, Tzu Gracie Jiu Jitsu, Scrap Pack, all that stuff has been beloved for a decade and change by the fans, but through his fights with McGregor, he catapulted to a larger mainstream star. And what he wants to do is, is share the wealth. And he basically said that he likes, he likes Masvidal, he likes the way Masvidal does his thing. He has said that you know George Mazzoval has been in this thing even longer than Nate Diaz, um, so that, let them go do their thing for a big payday, and I think that's great. I think that that was that was similar to how he felt how he felt about Pettis. I'm sure he watched that Ferguson Pettis fight, and that's the kind of fight that uh, Nate Diaz likes to be in. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, no doubt. And, and again, he saw that that pressure works against Pettis. And if there's one thing that Nate Diaz is known for, it's Pretty effective pressure, especially starting from that second round. Thought that it would take him a little bit longer to get going, but but uh but he did do his thing. Once once he took over, there was mm-hmm. not going back. At least
1: I was right about one thing. Uh
0: we were yeah, we we were both right about this one. We were both wrong, Nick, about the main event. We predicted that Daniel Cormier, at least I predicted that he would win by decision this time by out hustling Miocic, by being the faster man by rolling with the punches. He did all those well, he things. He should have been
1: he did all those things in he, the first three rounds, yeah. He well, except that. He fell in love with his hands. And after that first round, when he picked up Stipe and walked around the cage with him, which I think he should've dropped him much quicker than that. I think, I, think doing, I think that was a little bit of showboating that wasn't necessary. Cormier essentially like stopped wrestling with his hand speed, knocking Stipe's head back with a quick one-two and then getting inside and flipping him up and going using you know Greco wrestling to um, to keep him down, where I believe he could have kept him and controlled him and done damage and tired him out side control. Cormier didn't do that, and I don't think it's because he didn't have the energy to do it in the second and third round. I think it's because he was in love with the fact that he was marking up Stipe. Yeah,
0: I, I think the, the thing is you're right. I actually didn't remember him having um, Cormier having held Miochis down for very long in that first round, but he did, man. He took him down at about the at about the two-minute mark of the fight, and kept him down till about 10 or 15 seconds left of the round. So Daniel Cormier did. He took him down clearly, and then he controlled him. As clear for, as it
1: gets. I mean, this yes, is dominant wrestling.
0: I agree, and he controlled him for the majority of that round. So you're right. He had that in his back pocket. I think if all he needed was one takedown around, yeah, you're right. He wouldn't have taken all that accumulative damage. Now... He rolled with most of the punches. He's excellent at it, Daniel Cormier. You kind of need to be if you're a pressure fighter and you're a shorter guy. Very tough to reach in against taller guys and not get hit. Stevie hits very hard. But, but he Daniel also is smart. He
1: wasn't throwing. I mean, Stipe was throwing, but he wasn't throwing full power. Because... He wasn't putting everything
0: in. You're right. You, you're right. And that's something that Romero did really well. I still want to talk a little yeah. bit more about that fight. Yeah, Mi- Miocic, you're right. He he paced himself enough. And look, let's face it. He's elite. There, are, There's almost no heavyweight in the world that has accomplished that sort of comeback. And I don't mean that. You get beat up for three rounds, and then you just land one big shot, and the fight is over. I mean that you get beat up for three rounds. You actually adjust your strategy. His corner didn't say anything about a left hook to the body neck. That was all him. He just decided, you know what? I'm going to hit this guy's body. I'm having a hard time hitting his head clean. He's rolling with every one of my shots. I'm going to hit him to the body, and he landed that first left hook, and I thought, oh, yes. Thud. It was just
1: thud. And then he just kept
0: digging again and again and again, and at least on that last left hook that led up to the finish, Cormier clearly, visibly winced. He showed it. And those liver shots are nasty. Nick, I have a theory about liver shots. I've never been put down by one, and I've been hit several times there. I, th- I do think that a lot of it is mental. Like, I felt serious pain in my liver in that area and kept going it around without showing it to my opponent. It's possible, right? There, A lot of fighters, they'll just react to it. They'll fold up and hold on to that spot. I think that Cormier, all he did was give that flinch away. And I think he'd been hurt several times before that to the liver. It's, it's, I do think there's well, a mental he started aspect thinking, that.
1: Well, he started thinking about what it felt like, which made him not see the right hand. You're right. Not
0: only thinking about what it felt like, thinking about the pain, but thinking like, holy shit, I'm exhausted and I'm hurt. Yeah. And this dude found the spot. And you're right. That's when uh, Miocic yeah. turned it up to the body, landed that clean right hand, dropped Cormier, finished him up against the fence. Brilliant, brilliant performance by Stipe Miocic. By the way, this is kind of a big deal. That is Daniel Cormier's first ever loss at heavyweight. He's going to go down as a a ballot Hall of Famer, but he fell to probably the greatest heavyweight of all time in Stipe Miocic, even though he did beat him before that. And he also fell to probably the, clearly the best light heavyweight of all time in John Jones. Here's what's interesting, Nick. What I didn't realize before this bout, that I would have factored in, I would have still picked Cormier, but I would have factored in a little bit more, is that Stipe Miocic was only five months removed from that hellacious war that he went through With Francis Ngannou, when he fought Daniel Cormier, yes, that can probably explain the fact that he couldn't take that right hand in the clinch. Because he took a lot worse than that in this fight. After a full year on. Yeah, but
1: it's about what you see coming and what you don't. And he was busy hand fighting and grappling. It's a factor. I assure you it's not the only factor. It's it's definitely a factor. And he got hit
0: by the exact same right hand two or three times in this fight. Yeah, Um, And Cormier, granted, did come in significantly lighter. That could be a factor, too. Uh, once I found out that they both weighed in 10 pounds lighter, I thought Stipe was probably being smart and that he wanted to catch up on the speed. And Cormier I was a little bit concerned about because he already had the speed advantage. And I was concerned that he wouldn't that have much, the same very, level of power.
1: Yeah, because of that I, low weight. I think to know who's the greatest heavyweight of all time, they need to play it back. I think we'll probably, these two, I think we'll probably get that on Christmas time. And I think Daniel Cormier will win um, because I think he will he will wrestle. He quit on his best technique. He gave it up. You're right. Uh, he, he gave it up because he fell in love. A guy who's essentially was like my height. What is Kermit? 5'9? I he's 5'11, which he's is short sure. for Heavyweight. Heavy. I don't think he's even. I don't think, he think he's 5'11. I think listed he's fake there?
0: 5'11. Yeah, I mean, he's listed at 5'11, but I wouldn't be yeah, he's shorter. I think, I think I mean, he's Steve Amiocic is 6'4
1: man. 6'5, yeah. 6'5 even. Like, he's a big guy. So it makes sense. It makes Cormier is short. Cormier should have stayed low, and I believe he can take Steve Amiocic down all day long. He can do that for 25 minutes. He was he, he was prepared to do that for 25 minutes, and he decided, I'm going to box up this boxer.
0: I will say one thing, though. Cormier did almost no damage when he was on top of Stipe, and for this reason, Stipe was as fresh as can be, still behind, still slower, but as fresh as can be in that second round. Just He's as fair- fresh in the third round when he was still getting beat, and in the fourth round, he was fresh enough to implement this new, uh, this little adjustment of a game plan that he just decided on. Yeah, I that see. says something. Cormier doesn't get yeah, do damage yeah. from up top. Now, as much as you're right that, and by the way, I agree with you. I think if he wrestled, he would have had, had a higher chance of I winning he, this
1: fight. I don't think he has to do damage. I think I believe that he, if he want, okay, now if he didn't want to win by decision, I think he could have positioned and in, in, in secured a rear naked choke. I think he could choke. Oh, I don't that.
0: think that's at all. Like the people that he's rear naked choked are guys that are ready for the choke, that have been choked before, that are, have low level ground games. He doesn't choke. Uh, high level guys who, he, um, he choked A very very Unready for a title shot Anthony Johnson Vulcan, the mayor. Anthony Johnson Who's only lost by a choke I think his, his entire career It's rear naked choke every time And he rear naked choked The beast Derek Lewis Who has no business Fighting for a title And has no business With the Daniel Cormier On the ground So like the people That he's choked Are not high levels PMA, which is an elite heavyweight I understand that he was Behind for three rounds But I do think There's something To the durability To the conditioning I think, I think
1: it's all those things I just think Daniel Cormier Is the best wrestling Heavyweight in history
0: I, I totally agree with you. I think he could have laid claim to being the best heavyweight in history. Yeah.
1: Otherwise him. but lately, I think right now it's a, that's a I think that's it's disputed. I think to I, say the least. One, well, they're one to one. I mean, right now, obviously, Stipe you know, Stipe, Stipe lost eighty percent of that fight, and he won the twenty percent that mattered. Well, sure, but
0: I mean, Stipe knocked him out.
1: Yeah. did. Daniel knocked like, him out. And, and Stipe didn't.
0: you're right, but Daniel knocked him out in a fight that Stipe looked like he was ahead in, right. Uh, hear me yeah. out, and, it, and it, was, it only lasted about three or four minutes. That first fight, right? But Daniel knocked him out when it was at the very least. You have to say it was even. Yeah, it's a very very least, right? Even. And and Stephen just knocked him out. Not like out of nowhere with a big shot after Daniel Cormier was dominating, but after Daniel Cormier was clearly controlling, yes. he changed. He tactics, turned the tide. He changed tactics, employed a new game plan, and it worked to a motherfucking T. will. It's well, very different from a lucky shot.
1: I will say, I will, I will agree that it was. The greatest performance in in UFC heavyweight history. I'm not prepared to say that Steve Miocic is a better heavyweight fighter than Daniel Cormier um, on on their merits. I hear you. I think it's. Um, I mean, I think it's disputable. I think you can I make an argument for either one. I think they need to fight one more time.
0: I think that Daniel Cormier has been knocked out for the second time in his career this past weekend. I think that if he takes a rematch before December, he's going to get knocked out again. If he takes a year like Steve Miocic mm-hmm. did. And lets his brain recover properly, not like Stephen Maitland did after Angonner. Like but Steve it Miocic... wasn't his. But
1: it wasn't his brain. He got. He did catch that that right to the jaw. It was his body. After the fight, he was completely articulate and coherent. He did not take in a lot respects, of head
0: damage. Stephen Maitland hasn't been articulate and coherent. In no, a I'm, talking years. About, I'm talking about Daniel. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. After fight,
1: he was very clear. So he said the one caught him in the jaw. He wasn't ready for it. He did not, he did, his brain did not take a lot of damage in well, that fight, Cormier. His I mean, body he got concussed, took a
0: lot of damage. any way you put it. He got concussed. He, he he didn't go down and hold his body. He looked like he was out from those hands, following the punches, granted. He was exhausted, and that's what made the knockout easier. That's still his brain that got rattled and, and that shut him off. And and it works something like this, and I, in my experience from training partners and such, is that once you get knocked out once, if you keep exposing yourself to the same conditions, it will happen easier and easier and easier. It's the same thing for getting choked out. In, if you're in a choke and you go out once and then you go out a second time next week and, and maybe a third time the month later, like your, your brain now knows there's an easy way out of the situation and all is well afterward, right? Like th- this th- this is something – this is kind of a phenomenon that happens to the human body. We know that the human body adjusts. We, we, we know that it can adjust. It's self-preservation. Yeah. And so I think if DC takes a year off, he absolutely has the skill. and Then how much slower will he be? Um, like he's a guy right. that will probably keep training, but he's going to be 40 – one years old at that point. Steve is not a, not a young buck, but at heavyweight, thirty five, thirty six, and he looked bad.
1: in fantastic he condition. Did. He did, and listen, he's a guy that always looks pretty darn good, but he looked he looked like he'd been running marathons Shredded, with the Diaz yeah. brothers. I agree. No, I, well, I totally agree. Great fight. I felt honored to have paid sixty five dollars for fights. it. You probably pirated it because you're a scumbag. Look,
0: the, the real reason I pirated it is because I would rather, and I've done this before, and not in the last few months to be fair. I would rather buy a fighter's t shirt. Then give the UFC sixty dollars and have them
1: shortchange all of their fighters. First of all, it's sixty-five dollars. Sure, I, I, I
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't know, Nick. But it also, so how many a...
1: Jonathan Goulet T-shirts do you have now? Jonathan, I, I wasn't buying T-shirts back then. I was buying paper views. Oh, I thought you were still That's buying. The, I thought you were buying new Jonathan Goulet
0: T-shirts. <laughs> They're probably two ninety nine at Walmart now. Uh, Walmart would be a big deal for Goulet, wouldn't it? Now there's um, a guy in
1: Montreal who wants to kick your ass. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Goulet is like what one thirty
1: five. He's about five foot five. I
0: think I, I think
1: it would be okay. He, what do you mean? He he, he, fought, he fought against the. Uh, he got knocked out by Mike Swick. He can't be that small.
0: I think he went up to 170. You're right. He went up to 170. He used to fight at 155, but... He trained like with GSB. 170 and 155 from uh, eight or nine years ago is yeah. 145 now. Okay, really yeah. Yeah. Size <laughs> yeah. We're talking about very different humans. Speaking of big humans, Paul Costa, y Romero.
1: would um, look like... God damn it. They seriously looked like two He-Man action
0: figures. 100%. I was waiting it for was, the pulls off. I didn't know whether it was going to be before after incredible. the fight. It was
1: incredible. Yes. Insane They are fight. just monsters. I don't... I think that I think Paulo Costa will would break. I think he would. I would pick him against Adesanya. I would not pick him against Whitaker.
0: I look. I think Whitaker is truly the best middleweight in the world. I have a little bit less question about whether or not he won the fight's vote versus Yolo Romero. So I, I'm not far from you there. Look, here's the thing: in a five round fight. Paul Costa is going to have a lot. That's of problems. a good
1: point. You're right. He has not
0: adjusted his style over the years. Yo Romero has. Yo Romero has adjusted his well, style. The lactic
1: the acid alone. Jesus.
0: No, no doubt. But not only that. The, the, the condi- Well, look. He he seems incredibly conditioned. Paul Costa, right? Yeah. If he paces himself, to maybe he goes at 100 percent with everything he throws, whether he's exhausted or not.
1: Remember, there were two. There were like two or three big breaks in that fight due to fouls. Right. Where those guys were like, you know what? Everyone's going to be happier if we just take a timeout.
0: Yeah. It was uh, it was the,
1: it was the first big UFC fight by that had way, timeouts. By the way, how about <laughs> that
0: clean body knee that Costa landed that Yoel went down? I mean, that alone should be a ten round, if you ask me. Um, did Did you see the replay of this body knee that Costa landed and Yoel the, went the, down? Was
1: that the shot to the cup? Yeah. It, it, it was. a. Del- that was clean. It wasn't. I thought. I thought it looked like it hit the cup.
0: So, so what it looked to me like is that it slid past just that area on the shorts. Right by the cup, which by the way, pushing the cup over can really hurt. Don't get me wrong, I've been yeah. there. But, but but it could look like it slid like this brisk past the shorts and landed right to the body. To the point where you can see like, uh, you can see a little bit of a protrusion on Yael Romero's lower back. Um, mm-hmm. From that knee, like that could have just as easily been a shot to the body that he knocked him down with, could have finished him with. As a low blow, it's hard to tell because it did kind of they did, by Yeah, the I mean the,
1: the commentators... A kind of sort of validated that it was a low blow. Now um, Romero, Romero is has been known for his theatrics. Yes, and effectively uh, he's he probably has it from his wrestling. You ain't cheating, and you ain't trying. Yeah, according um, to him and Tito Ortiz. Yeah. But I, I thought watching it at the time, I thought that it would. I, I assumed it would really hit the cup, and it was a low blow. Um, but I yeah. have to go back and watch so, it.
0: So so first round, Paul. Here's the thing: I picked Paul Costa because I thought that he would overwhelm him with his numbers Still had a 10, eight rounds.
1: Because he knocked down Costa.
0: Well, again, if we see a replay, you will see that Costa's feet were in a weird position when he fell over and he took a punch with, I think it was Romero's uh, wrist that landed on the chin uh, or the neck. He took a punch, but it was not a I'm out kind of punch. And I will show you the replay in between segments. Um, there's a slow-mo that UFC slow-mo mm-hmm. version that UFC does, kind of a re- recap of the event. And it shows that clearly. And when Paul Costa landed, I think it was a left hook maybe under Romero, Romero literally just fell almost face first and then reached for the legs on his way down at the very last second. They were very, very different knockdowns to me. Although again, you all Romero pop popped up fairly quickly after it was a clean fucking shot that knocked him down. Paul Costa's feet were in a weird position, and it's not the same level of knockdown, if you ask me, not at all. all right.
1: well, um, uh, well, why don't we sit through the rest of the car real quick, and then we'll take a look at this. Uh, yeah, if it's, it's even free available. Free. Is it available somewhere for us to watch if we pay I, for I, it?
0: I'm sure we can find it without... Uh, without okay. If, if we pay for it. What all right, well, wait,
1: if we, so, no, I mean from... It's not on Fight Pass yet, I mean. Nah, nah, uh, me. So, Sadiq Yusuf uh, took a little bit of damage, but landed the big shot, which we knew he would do. Um, I picked Ian Heinish... Uh, had you picked Heinish as well? I did pick Heinich, yes. Brunson for the second fight in a row. Brunson fought. Uh, he fought as strategically as he is athletic. I trusted uh, him last and, time and
0: I didn't this time.
1: And Heinish, man, Heinich can First of all, he can take a beating. He's ex- he has an extremely resilient body. He's very strong. He's, he's very, very strong. athletic and flexible. He's just his. He's an impressive specimen. Uh, Derek Brunson has more natural tools, and he's the last two fights he has stopped being his own worst enemy. So I'm curious to, uh, to see where he goes, who he fights next. I would like to see him fight the loser of uh, Adesanya Whitaker, even though he's fought both of those guys before um, and lost to both of them, just to see what kind of progress uh, he's really made. Maybe that's a step. Maybe that's a step too far. Um, you know, he did he did look really good against Romero for a couple of rounds before Romero knocked him out. Uh, who would you put Brunson up against now?
0: So here's the thing with Brunson, right? It's his move to Hard Knocks 360, I think, that's really, really uh, changed him. I think the fact that he's not training in the gym that he owns uh, with coaches, like, from what I understand, by the way, I don't know if you picked this up on the broadcast, apparently Dominic Cruz walked up to Derek Brunson a couple fights ago and asked him, right there in front of his team, he said, who's your head coach? And Brunson looked around and had no answer. And apparently that's what made Brunson go, holy shit. I need to fucking go back to a legit team. He wow. used to train at Greg Jackson's, and it made all of the difference. Apparently, Brunson's giving Cruz credit for it, which is fantastic. It made all the difference, Nick. I mean, all you really have to do is train with one of the best gyms in the world. He's got all the skill. Um, his, his stand-up is not, it doesn't have a, th- a third you and know. fourth layer to it. That's true. He's got the wrestling. He's got the explosiveness. He's got the power. He's got a decent chin as long Did as he's he mentally fight, there. Is he put ass the I uh, don't know. Uh, I don't think he's fought Gaston. That would be a great one. It'd be would a really
1: great one. I may. That. I mean, I might have to pick Brunson that. Uh, I'm not um, sure. Yeah, I, would I love I'm Gaston. Gaston's some. biggest fan.
0: But. Uh, I agree. I'm a, I'm a big Gaston fan. I would like to watch some tape before I make a call on that because this new version of Brunson is a very different animal from from you know the the, the guys that the guy that he's shown himself against guys like Anderson Silva and Israel Adesanya. And you're right. I think those rematches would be much more fascinating if he can pick up wins over guys like Jack Hermantz and maybe uh, Jacare Souza. I know they'll be there. Yeah,
1: yeah, Jacare is, on, is running out of guys. He's on the decline, but
0: you know what? It's a great time to to, to let some legit possible contenders come up past you, and, and that's the way to do it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be very into seeing uh, him face any of those guys. Jared Cannoneer, I think it would be another prospect to, to give Brunson. I think Brunson would be that's a good
1: That's that's the fight to me. And it's, it's fascinating
0: because Cannoneer is ranked above – uh, Brunson, who is ranked below Anderson Silva, who, which kind of makes sense based on the pecking order of who they've defeated. Well, let's face it, Ian Heinisch—you know, not exactly a top five guy. So not the, the greatest
1: win. Uh, Wait, how did Jared Kennanier finish Anderson Silva? I don't remember. Silva got hurt. Well, I mean, right. it was still a clean yeah, leg kick yeah, yeah. that,
0: that, that buckled him. Yeah, Silva wasn't, wasn't about to get into a real fight. Right. The Israel-Sania fight is always down for uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Sadiq Yusuf. I'm a big believer in the guy. I thought that actually... I didn't think that he would necessarily get a knockout here. I thought it was certainly possible he's got insane power. But he roughed up Gabriel Benitez. Um, and it was a back-and-forth fight. Benitez was landing his left hand. He was catching from different angles. I thought they both looked great. But it, but he just, Sadiq Youssef landed that one shot. Uh, and it was all over. Karma Worthy, Nick. Talk about one shot and it was all over. Huge knockout victory. I mean,
1: Smith. that's a weird one. I guess they're training partners and friends. Worthy was stepping in on late notice. He was... One of the um, biggest underdogs in UFC history, probably the biggest underdog winner in 2019. I think he was something like minus. It. He was, I think he was at like plus 900. Although Adriana
0: Viana, for some reason, always gets crazy odds in her favor and loses to everyone. So right. I wouldn't be surprised if if, um, if, that, if that was. So yeah, like I mean
1: Devontae Smith will be back. I just think there was something about their friendship. I don't know. Something got in Devontae Smith's head and he he uh, goofed it up. Yeah, I liked
0: what I saw with Karma Worthy's record, and that's why I opted to put in a few bucks on him. Uh, I on the betting, and that worked out. I like what I saw on his record, but I still didn't think he had much of a shot here. What I did like is the fact that they were training partners. Like, that makes right. a fucking difference. Nick. Once I found that out, because I found that out after we recorded the podcast, I was thinking, man, Devontae Smith is not going to go for the kill here. And that's exactly what it was. It was a sparring match until <laughs> Devontae decided to turn it up and Karma Worthy countered with that beautiful left hook, finished the fight. Yeah, uh, We've got a serious prospect coming into... Uh, coming in from this event, and Corey Sanhagen. We both gave him credit and expected him to beat Rafael Sanchez by decision. He basically dominated man. Yeah, it was a one-sided.
1: He's got outside. all the tools, uses his distance, has great jiu-jitsu, has a good jab. He's uh, he's for real. He's he's trouble for anybody at one thirty-five. I would pick him against almost anyone.
0: Uh, yeah, at, at this point, it would be hard to argue uh, with that. 135? Uh, we. Got... I don't know
1: that I would pick him against the champ. I would not pick him against Henry Cejudo.
0: Yeah, c- certainly, and that's and that's totally fair, of course.
1: But yeah, 135. So, him against Sterling is an interesting fight. I'd probably pick Sanhagen.
0: Uh, I, well, I don't know. I, I would want to rewatch tape. They're both big guys for the division, and and that pressure. I wonder how Sterling would react to it. I want to watch some tape of Sterling right. uh, fighting a pressure fighter. Um, but yeah, Peter Yan would be great. Although it wouldn't do much for Corey Sanhagen right now. Corey Sanhagen is a number three man. I think Marlon. Marais, that, that happened quick, man. I, I that agree. That I think, quick. I think Aljamain Sterling would be foolish to take the fight because it's just all risk and very little reward. I think that Marlon Moraes This is exactly the kind of matchup. That you put uh, a recent title, title challenger into, right? This hot, streaking prospect. Um, it'll give Marlon Morris the chance for redemption to yeah, show sure. that he's still a top three bantamweight, wing. And it's going to give, of course, the opportunity to clay claim to the title shot after whether it be Algeny Sterling or, yeah, or what have you.
1: And I mean, this is an interesting division because we got Frankie in here now. Yeah. Um, you got Faber back. There's all sorts of fun matchups to do. I,
0: I, I agree. Uh, I think Pedro Munoz, uh, Dominic Cruz, uh, obviously Dominic Cruz against Frankie Edgar. Again, that would be the gold standard, I think, for you and I because neither guy has to go up against a knockout artist. That will hurt him terribly, uh, and it would be an exciting fight between two legends. Uh, really, really solid card, Nick. Uh, Drakkar Close won a dog fight against Joggles. yeah, that
1: guy's Drakkar Close, man. He doesn't, uh, I don't know how his, middle, his nickname isn't Noir. Drakkar, Noir Close. That's, uh, what, I would, that's what I would do. Um, um yeah he's, he's his pressure and his relentlessness came. Yeah, but he's all but I you know, he's he's not a, I feel like he doesn't he's not a first round fighter. No, he's not. But uh he pulled this one out. Um KC Kenny looked way better uh than I than I thought he would. Manny Bermuda's looked good, but that, Kennedy, that, that was
0: one in which we differed on. another underdog pick uh, of mine neck that really came through. Man was I worried in that fight. I thought
1: Kenny was I thought Kenny was the favorite.
0: No, I mean, Manny Bermuda's was undefeated at fourteen and zero. dude. Like he okay. was, he was the favorite here. Okay. He, he's been getting first round submissions in his whole UFC career. Um, big things were expected of him. And Casey Kenny, I knew that he would just be certainly good enough to survive on the ground. Uh, I knew that he would be better on the feet. Although Bermudez had way more power. Bermudez was way fucking bigger, Nick. It's like yeah. a fight between you and me. If you're if you're at 120 pounds, like that's not reasonable, dude. Like he he looked like he was two weight divisions above. Casey Kenny used to fight at 125. Bermudez should be fighting at 145, and he looked every bit of that. Um, so Casey Kenny, serious props to him for surviving that third round against a much bigger man after carrying his weight after, right. after looking really fast, really good. Cyphers beat Escobell about what we expected. Yeah, she looked good. Kyung Ho Kang uh, had a little bit of a closer fight with Brandon Davis than I expected. I think he lost that second round, but... How I thought it
1: would. He looked great. Yeah, Sabina Mazza oh. dominated man. Oh, God, that was the worst pick I made. Shannon Dobson, yeah. I, I don't know how she could look like that after fighting Eubanks and, uh, and Nico Montero. Like, she just... Sabina Mezo looked like a completely different fighter than she did in her fight yeah. against what's her, against uh, Mara. I, I agree. I, I think UFC fighters may have been
0: a factor there. Also, she's fighting Shannon Dobson now. She's not fighting uh, Marina Morales. She's yeah. got wins over so, some pretty top fighters. Yeah, she uh, looked. Throughout her she just.
1: She was just letting it go.
0: Uh, I agree. Sabina Mazda looked fantastic. And she went for takedowns. And she looked really good with it, Nick. Like, she was taken down in her last fight. You didn't expect her to have strength there. She looked great. Another good addition, I think, to 125. Yeah, I'd
1: like to see her her fight Roxy. I think that would be fun.
0: That would be very interesting, actually. Yeah, that that would be fascinating, especially considering the matchup. And uh, each girl has the strength where the other girls' weak. We are going to take a break, come back, talk about... Our betting from UFC 241. I had another great week. This is uh, this is actually one of my more successful weeks as far as the percentage of my winnings versus what I put up. I scored a parlay, didn't I? You you did score a parlay. I think you had two parlays. One came through for you, and one didn't. Uh, We're gonna get into all of that after this break. And we are back, Nick. Uh, we're going to talk about the two he-men. We're going to talk about Yo Romero versus Paul Costa a little bit more in depth. In fact, we're going to rewatch that second round because we both agree that Paul Costa won the first round of their bout. But we agree that the third round belonged to Yo Romero pretty clearly. The second round, I think, is what really made this fight. Where it really decided the winner. And we're going to start playing it. We're going to give you guys. We're going to watch it without sound. Yeah, we're, we're going to give you guys uh, a heads up. We're actually watching the replay of the two knockdowns. And to me, it seems pretty in clear. the back of the
1: head and then the. Yeah, yeah but like we also don't some... know how off balance Costa was from the shot from the first shot. What do you mean? He got hit, he, well. He got hit twice. That was the sec- well, well. Well,
0: that's true, but it still wasn't like I hit you and you fell. The other shot right. that Costa got Romero with in the first round, I hit you and yeah. you fell. That's clearly what no, I mean. It was like it was like it was Paul Bailey hitting Diaz. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, just a clean shot to the jaw. So uh, the second round is about to begin for for the listeners out there. We're going to sync you up and give you exactly where we are, We're round two just began, and we have 57, 56, 455 left in the first round. Um, looks like Romero's throwing some of those distant kicks. He's trying to be a little bit more busy this round. I think he wants to pick it up and make sure that he secures the decision on the off chance that it does go there. So there's Romero's a left, left kick to the body. not landing anything yet, but he is being more aggressive.
1: Leg kick. Was, that, was that checked? Uh, yeah, hard to tell. Maybe he
0: landed a left kick. Left kick. Romero did. That was a big right hand by Costa. Missed the left hook. Romero throws something else, and uh, both guys are missing here. Uh, Romero, yeah, Romero lands right a to, light uppercut. Yeah,
1: quick to the, uppercut to the forehead. I don't know if I would go as far as to call it light. Romero
0: land, uh, Costa lands a clean body kick. Uh, kind of a push kick. Uh, oh, beautiful Look, leg beautiful, kick by Costa. Beautiful. Heavy leg right kick leg by kick, Costa. Body kick. Heavy lands. body kick by Costa. Another, Another heavy body, body kick. kick. Romero, Romero counters, kind of catches that one. A glancing blow. A jab by Costa. Jab the a body, body shot by Costa. to
1: the body. Costa Costa wins the first minute of the second yeah. round.
0: I agree there. I do think mid, right, like some point in the middle of this round is when it shifts to Romero. So let's see how the second minute goes. Uh, clean right hand by Costa. Looks like. Hard to tell. Oh, cross hook by Costa. Another a hook by Costa. He's landing clean on Romero here. Lighten him up early in the second round. Uh, jab by Costa that glanced. Costa went for a combo and missed that one, but he's pressuring forward
1: oh, the whole time. Push. Power but shots. At this point,
0: Romero, 333 in the first round left. Um, he's good with, head his back against, yeah, with his back against the cage, oh, but he's he taking ca- about one out he, of three shots. Yeah, catches, Most of
1: them he is blocking, I agree. Catches a big shot. How Costa makes 185, I have no idea. And he looks
0: way taller, by the way. They were listed at the same height. He looks like he's three or four inches taller than Romero.
1: Uh, Romero just lands a right hand. He looks like Leo de Machita on Super Serum.
0: I agree, and and Costa still pushing forward, just landed a yeah, body Costa kick. Looks a little, stepping back a little bit, he's looking a, a clean little right more hand tired, by Costa. He is, he is looking tired, but he fights through tired. Another jab by both guys. Left hand from Romero. Second minute to Costa as well, but a little bit closer yep. this time.
1: Reaching the um, halfway point. Both
0: threw something and missed here. Both left hands, and Costa is still pressuring forward, but now a little bit more tired. He's taking a step yep, back.
1: Good, rotation. good kick to the knee. Romero lands a kick caught by knee. a head kick. A head the kick the gets box. blocked.
0: Um, and nope. Good left is pushing forward a jab lens for Romero another nope. jab for Romero from Southpaw another jab for Romero and Costa Lenz left hook Romero's still backing up but now he's starting to land a little bit in this third yep. minute of the, of the halfway uh, point a beautiful body kick by uh, Costa Lenz on Romero there those body kicks I think were the biggest difference maker in this round Nick that's why I'm paying particular attention to them uh, he ducks under Romero left hook and continues to press forward Romero kind of feints a knee and calls to continue. He backs up for a moment and then pushes forward again. Parried a jab from Romero as he pushes forward. Nothing much landing here in the last 30 or 4 seconds. Uh, Romero lands a jab. Romero's throwing pitter-patter shots. Um, landing, I would say, one out of four here and there.
1: Oop, good Landed one. A beautiful good jab left. there. That was a heavy and jab. And then to the body. A light jab to the body. Needs one to the body. Takes one back. Under two minutes. Under two minutes to go. little lazy, lazy leg kick from Romero. Yep. Good left hand from Romero. Yeah, oh.
0: it was another pitter-patter shot. Romero decides that numbers are important in this round, and so he's throwing pop-pop-pop uh, with the occasional heavy strike mixed in there, rarely having the heavier ones, but landing the occasional straight punch. Acosta lands another body cross, and he's continuing to press forward. This whole time, by the way, Romero is back against the cage. Acosta throws a combo, and Romero circles away, looking a bit tired as well now. Acosta continues forward. They both land the jab. Romero in a southpaw stance. Romero. One looks two like, from Romero. Looks like he may have not landed. It looks like a right hand grazed off of Romero there by Costa. A jab by Romero. Uh, three jabs missed by Romero, but putting the pressure on a little bit, even as he backs up, by the way. Uh, a leg kick by Romero. So it looks like the first half of the round clearly be going to Costa. second half of the round was closer, but a little bit of an edge. Maybe to Romero. I don't know. It does look like Costa's landing heavier shots, though, when he does land. Like, that was a, a jab by Romero and a pretty big hook by Costa, it looked like to me. Romero's throwing the pitter patter, missing most of it, but staying busy. Costa throws a left-right, and it seems like both really kind of miss. Another right hand by Costa to the body. He lands that clean, heavy shot. A light jab or two, a three oh. by Costa. Big overhand by, uh, by Costa after a couple of jabs by Romero. Again, Costa's just landing heavy, dude. 30 seconds left. Romero decides he wants a takedown to seal the round, right? But you got to do damage. Uh, Costa throws a head kick and misses. Costa's pressing forward. Romero's showing his tongue. Romero's barely even pitter-pattering; just literally showing his hands out there. This is what I meant, Nick. That he's not really throwing heavy. These shots are not heavy, but he is throwing. Um, for for a moment there, Costa, uh, Romero's able to back up Costa. Costa lands another overhand right, again a heavy shot. I just think it's a clear round for Costa, man. Yeah, he t- he takes the takedown and
1: Costa lands an elbow. Clear another round ends. I without sound, I give the round clear. It's a clear round for Costa.
0: Yeah, um, and, and that makes it d- – I'd love to go
1: back and listen to whatever the commentary was because I don't know what I was it thinking. It
0: makes a big difference, dude. It makes a big de- They really do have an effect on most of these people watching. It's actually – uh, this is interesting. Well, this inc- – and
1: how, how marked up Costa looked after this round. To factor – and, is- and by the way, that
0: happened mostly in the third round because Romero really put it on him. And here's the thing. Colby Cummington punches were enough to make uh, Robbie Lawler look the same way that, that Costa looked. Right? It doesn't mean that you're hitting hard necessarily. And you saw the punches that Romero was throwing in that round Yeah, weren't heavy. And he's known for his heavy, explosive uh, knees no, and punches. No, that was... So, uh, so, so, yeah, as long as, long as uh, maybe we'll rewatch uh, the first and third rounds on our own time, Nick, just to confirm that you and I agree, first round Costa, third round Romero. Game. Yeah,
1: I think we're, we're in agreement there.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just thought it was pretty cool. I remember wa-
1: watching it live, I felt like the tide turned more than yeah, it did. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That, that I the was commentators, waiting for it. I was waiting for what I remember feeling, and I that didn't didn't yeah. it.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. Not
1: nearly, not nearly as close as our the previous disagreement we had about it with I agree. Reyes. I agree. Aldemir Reyes was closer, that second Much round was decided. It was closer, I thought,
0: uh, than this round. This was fairly clear for Costa, in my opinion, as well. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about uh, our betting success from last week. And we are back here on the MMA Geeks C-Level Podcast. Nick, we have kind of the main event of our podcast to talk about, and that's uh, some of the betting success that the MMA Geeks Betting Guide has been getting. We are now, Nick, uh, I'm now at 11 weeks of profit out of 12. This one was a particularly good one for me. Uh, I recommended a bunch of winners here, and, and it worked out. I recommended $40 on Daniel Cormier, minus 145 That was a loss, but man... You saw those first should two have runs. been a win. Not a, not a bad that should too. have been a win. Uh, Nate Diaz a plus eleven hundred in a style matchup that where uh, his opponent hates pressure fighters thirty bucks all the way plus uh, that, plus, that 110,
1: way. plus one ten not plus eleven hundred. I'm sorry, you're right. Plus one uh, plus <laughs> one hundred. <1100 laughs>
0: plus one ten. Nate Diaz thirty bucks. Uh, that was a nice victory for me there. I, I think it's something like thirty three dollars in profits. Sandhagen at a minus one seventy five. Recommended a forty dollar bet on him. And then we have Casey Kenny at plus one hundred five. A $40 bet on him. That one came through as well. Christos Chiagos, I lost plus 170, uh, 170. I put $30 on him. So that was one of my few losses in this card. The rest of them are all victories. Kang Ho Kang, minus 175, 50 buck bet. That one worked out. So what's
1: your total take?
0: Uh, karma Worthy okay. uh, at, at $5. Oh, bucks, that's right. At plus 450. That added 23 bucks. But man, I only risked $5. Yes. I could have put 20 bucks on the guy, and that would have been great. For the parlays, uh, I recommended Yusuf and Hannah Cyphers. Combined odds gave you minus 115, which is almost even 50 bucks for those two, and they both came through for me. And then Kang and Sanhagen, a combined odds of plus 147, uh, $30 for the victory there. So what your, t- what's your total take? I had uh, $243 in winnings. I lost $70 on those two bets for a total of $173 in profits, Nick. This was a particularly good one, especially considering the fact that I only put in a couple hundred bucks in bets, So so I think my winnings were somewhere in that, like, 85 percent range which is extremely rare Uh, this was a particularly good one for me how did your bets work out in this
1: event um well my my parlay of dracar close dracar noir close hannah shockwave Sifers. Leaf farmer farmer girl
0: she has a farmer girl the shy farmer girl
1: that crush on yep um she I, i bet successfully on her twice now she's not um she did not let me down. And Sanhagen, that was a uh, three-fight parlay. I netted uh, 40, I bet 20, netted 45 in profit on that. And then I lost, though. I bet 20 on a parlay of Cormier and um, Diaz,
0: I think. I think it was Cormier Diaz, yeah.
1: Yeah, and Daniel Cormier decided that he was a boxer, not a wrestler, and completely fucked that up. So thanks, fat ass.
0: Still, uh, decent, uh, you got some profit on this one, which is yeah. which is great, Nick. We're we're starting to get the ball rolling. I like it. Uh, so we don't have an event to preview this week, but we are going to ask our audience to please, whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud please leave us a review, an honest review. That would be much appreciated. Uh, We're trying to uh, grow the listener base and and expose more people to this thing, and we would love your support. If you could tell friends and family,
1: anybody that's interested in the sport. When you leave your review, just make sure that you're really clear around which one of us sounds more handsome.
0: Fair enough. But then we have to post pictures in case that's not me. No?
1: Waist down. (laughs) Waist down? (laughs) You are a confident man. Good for you, sir. (laughs) I'm 5'8". You're like (laughs) 6'11". I don't think I'm... (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm 5'4". That was a bit of an exaggeration. 6'4", uh, so not 5'4". so
0: 6'4", you're right. Um, so we, we would very much uh, very much appreciate uh, one of those. We put a lot of hard work into this, a lot of hours into doing the research to give you guys a very authentic preview. And I feel like our picking numbers are really good, Nick. Uh, our betting, no, at yeah, least my betting I numbers gotta, are falcon slaying. Well, I'm
1: starting to get better at the betting, but my picks... I don't. I think you're just on a real roll. I don't know that I've gotten considerably worse. I guess I've been closer to 500. I got my feet under uh, me. No, not 500. You're still doing I well. Had, well, I had that 18 and five run, but you had an, you had a during that same time you had a I think and it was 18 run. and four. It was 18. And and we were both 18 and four. Events, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but I,
0: I have the number somewhere, and I'm going to report on it uh, on the next this, episode. This
1: last card was had a lot of pick-ems on it. It, and, it did. Uh, and, and, and I will say, I picked a
0: bunch of fucking underdogs, Nick. I shocked you with one of them. And goddammit, did it work out. Chagos was the only one that, that failed me. The only underdog, I think, that I really believed, that, uh, that I believed in that, that failed me. The fight did go about how I expected in that it would shift tides. But it, it, it shifted tides too early in that second round. Uh, another good one. Another one in the books. We're going to uh, dive in and, and uh, get a preview ready for you guys. Of, oh, god. Uh, the, the following week's UFC. I think it's coming I'm from... Dry. China, it's from China, right? Oh, right. Uh, Andrade versus wei she Oh, yeah. Maybe Re- researching that one going to be
1: miserable. It's not Let's bad watch tape on <laughs> Regional Fighters. Let's <laughs> watch tape on Regional Fighters. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs>
0: uh, I, 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 will, I will say, though, what will excite me from this is another opportunity to lay down some fucking picks, lay down some bets, to test the metal, to, to outpick some of the experts thing, because we've been literally, like, our, both of our picks have been either on par, the I mean, heroes are on par, with some of the better experts out there, might yeah. have been just a little bit above, just a few picks above, like, we're fucking killing it, and more people know about it.
1: And I just want to remind you, if you start to sound as confident as stand-ups about your picks, there are hotlines to will follow. Oh, no. <laughs> can you can you tell me more about this hump? I, mean, I, mean, uh, I want to change my ways. Like I want to be I, I want to be modest
0: because
1: it's hard to be this excellent Wow. And and be kind of modest. Right? The so name. We're, We're gonna take this pod. Fare. We're gonna
0: take this podcast. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, thank you, folks, for listening. Looking forward to doing the fall. and forward to seeing you guys next week. Have a good one.